all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Let's go. Let's say it together. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we honor you and we bless you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Have your way, sir, in this building tonight. Have your way online tonight. God, we are open and we're ready. What does that mean? That we're not distracted, that we're not doing our own thing, but we're doing your thing. You're about to speak to us tonight. God, it's the last message of this series. So we say, take us all the way up. God, I need some faith in this room. God, take us all the way up. Come on, Facebook, type it on the screen. Take us all the way up. YouTube, type it. Take us all the way up tonight. Let us experience you tonight in a way we've not experienced you before. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name. I need to hear the praise of somebody that's expecting. He said, Bishop, we shouting a lot because you're about to see a lot of victory. That's why you shouting so much. That's why you shouting so much. I'm giving you an opportunity to practice. I'm giving you an opportunity to practice. Hallelujah. Let's go to work. So our series has been making money moves. And we've been talking about how faith and finances are not enemies. In fact, there are over 2,300 biblical verses about money. Over 15% of Jesus' words were about money. That's more than prayer, faith, heaven, and hell combined. And Sunday's message was called the three hells. You remember that? Uh, let's just give you a quick recap. The first hell was the real hell. Somebody say the real hell. And this is a hell I said you got to make sure that you're not going to this hell. So when you give your life to Jesus and you become a Christian, you come, uh, you escape the real hell. I just need to check the building and check online for those of you that are thankful. Watch me that you do not have to go to the real hell. I, I, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Because he snatched you out. He got you right before you were about to lose your life, but he snatched you up. Who can be thankful that God kept you? 
because you should have been dead and went straight to hell. But he kept you. I need everybody that he's kept to just holler, he's kept me. So look at this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, New Living Translation says, Do not be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. He says, fear only or reverence only God who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. So the first hell is the real hell. And when you become a Christian, you now change your destination from hell to, watch me, to spending eternity with God. This is important to understand because once you have passed this stage, it's important that you are not so fixated on the afterlife that you do nothing in this life. See, for many of you, if you grew up in church, you were so fixated on what was to come that you did not do anything with what was. You were so fixated, I'm trying to make it to heaven, not realizing, watch me, God says, we got that taken care of. I need you now to make sure, watch me, that I promise you the kingdom of heaven, which is a lifestyle, not a place to live. What's the difference? That means I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. I'm living well to bring heaven down here. What is the kingdom? It is heaven's attributes on the earth. And it's God's modus operandi. It's how he does what he does when he does what he does, and he does it so well. It is who God says you can be and what God says you can have. So watch me. I need you to be thankful that you're not going to hell, but now I need to make sure that you don't go to the second hell, which is a reprobate mind. This reprobate mind. Say reprobate mind. Watch me. Romans chapter 1 verse 28 says this. As they refused to have God in their knowledge, God abandoned them to a reprobate mind. Now reprobate means this. It means, everybody pay attention, it means a rejected mind. A rejected mind, pay attention, if you've ever been rejected, you can develop something called preemptive rejection. Which means, because I'm afraid of being rejected, I will quit you before you quit me. Watch, this is what happened to Adam in the garden. Adam said, let me quit God before God quits me because I'm afraid he's going to throw me away because I made a mistake. Not realizing that, watch me, he's a good father. And so a good father walks towards you when you didn't screwed up. And I need some of y'all to stop running from the Lord tonight. Tonight is your night, baby. You ain't going to be on the run no more. You've been on the most wanted list for years. And for somebody, baby, your run ends tonight. If you got some family right now that's been running from God, I need you to give God glory that he's about to shut their run down. They're about to come out to club. He's about to get out of that game. She's about to come up out of that bad relationship. Somebody holler, the run is over. You've been running because you're so afraid that he would get rid of you, not realizing that he's been wanting you the whole time. He did not give his life for you so that he could throw you away. He gave his life for you so that even when you screw up, he can say, get back over here. Even when you mess up, he say, get back over here. Here's what I love about the story of the prodigal son, that the Bible still calls him the prodigal. Pay attention. Son, watch me. He had demoted himself and said, I'm not even good enough to be called a son anymore. But what's so amazing about God is God says, you're prodigal, but you're still my son I need some of y'all to get back in position because you let your screw up get you out of your seat I'm going to need you to get back in your seat because you've been through too much hell to let another ninja sit in your seat somebody say I'm taking my seat back I you better get back to serving, get back to church, get back to giving, get back to worship, get back in your doggone seat before you are given over to a reprobate mind. So a reprobate mind means you're going to, pay attention, you're going to feel rejected from God. 
There's people right now that say, I just feel so far from God. Let me tell you, you moved, he didn't. There are people, there are people, listen to me, especially for those of you who've been saved for a while. You can begin to make God so common that you, watch me, that you begin to play with what shouldn't be played with. See, if you play with fire, eventually you're going to get burned. That's why the Bible says, can a man bring fire close to his chest and not be burned? Watch me, and some of you all, you play with fire because you're in and out with God and you know better. I want to talk to, watch me, there's four women watching me right now and you know better. You're letting all this stuff going on in your head make you think that you don't have to honor your God. But I came tonight to get you out of this reprobate mind. He's not rejected you. And so tonight God says stop rejecting him. I need you to celebrate God because there's four women that are about to be snatched out of this second hell. You might be in the building tonight. It, it, it means rejected. So you will feel rejected by God even though you were not. But watch me, you will feel that way. Pay attention. He says he abandoned them. So this, this second hell is literally when God says do whatever you want to do. It's dangerous when God says, okay. You need to thank God that he checks you. See, where are those of us, I shared this yesterday, where are those of us that, watch me, when you were, when you were coming up and when you were growing up, you, you couldn't get away with nothing. <laughs> and listen, even when you tried to act like everybody else, God would still be like, if you don't get your You ever got snatched up by God and he didn't even have to say nothing? The Holy Ghost will just put something on your shoulder and you'll just be like, I ain't supposed to be here. How did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. Watch me. The fact that he still convicts you means that he's not giving up on you. And rather than sitting in shame, you need to be celebrating. Why? Because every time he checks me, up, oh, still loves me. Every time he checks me, up, oh, he ain't giving up on me. Why? The Bible says that he's a father. And every good father chastises those that he loves. Watch me. I know you thank God for the good stuff. But who can thank God for the times God took a belt out and... Give me a belt. I need you to thank God for the times he took his belt off and said, if you don't get your behind together, we don't do that in this house. You are a man of God. Move your hand. Move your hand. Because you know you always put your hand back there trying to block it. As if that's going to stop it. That only makes him go further to come back. So for everybody that's like, God, why won't you let me get away with anything? If he does, that tells you he's done with you. And that's a scary place to be. That's why it's hell. So look at the scripture. It says, and since they rejected or refused to have God in their knowledge, God abandoned them. He was like, you know me, but you want to act like you don't. You know better, but you want to act like I just have some new belief and I just, this is, I'm doing my own thing. And, I you know, and, and, and God is like, you know what? I'm about to have enough of you and this punk you married to. Let me get prophetic. Yandra Bashaya. 
said, I, I didn't have enough of that. God says, listen, he abandoned them. He was like, so you want to, you, you want to, you don't want what I'm trying to give you. So at a certain point, he'll say, do whatever you want to do. And that's hell. That's hell when he stops convicting you. That's hell when you do wrong and don't feel wrong. It's hell when you can act like hell and not feel like you just, oh my God. I need you to thank God for his conviction. Uh-uh, see how quiet it got right there? I need you to thank God for his conviction. And you'll sit there and say, you know what? I can't even, I got to apologize for this. I got to get this right. I can't let this go down. I can't go to sleep with this issue. Then it means unapproved. He says, this reprobate mind will do things that are unapproved. In other words, this mind will make up stuff that it wants to do. And God says, I don't approve of it, but you're going to do it anyhow. So watch me. When he abandons you to a reprobate mind, God says, you can do, you can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Children of Israel had this happen because if I pay attention, they were like, we're not going. We're not going to the promised land. You brought us out here to kill us. This is ridiculous. We're not going. God was like, come on, let's go. We ain't doing it. Come on, let's go. We ain't doing it. Come on, let's go. We ain't doing it. You ain't going. We want to go now. I pray you not a day late. Elbow somebody next to you say, don't you miss your moment. Say, it may not come around again. Say, but I got good news for you. Since you still have a pulse, he still has a plan. You didn't miss it. All right, I guess I'm just going to have to go to church by myself. If I'm still here, that means I didn't miss my moment. So, 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 they were like, we're going to go up. And God's like, I'm not going. Y'all go. Good luck. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. They said, Moses, won't you come with us? Moses was like, I'm not going either. Watch me. It's a dangerous thing, watch me, when what you're doing is in direct opposition to God and your man of God. Moses said, I'm not going. And God said, I'm not going either. So you can do this, but we have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Then it means counterfeit. It means you're going to look at a lot of stuff when you've been given to a reprobate mind, and you're going to treat it like it's, like it's real, like it's a fit, but it's a counterfeit. In other words, you will never, ever do what you were created to do because everything and everyone around you is a counterfeit. So you'll struggle with depression because you're a counterfeit. See, because he can't heal the representative you keep sending. So consequently, you keep struggling with something that he could have healed a long time ago, but because you are given over to a reprobate mind, you continue to struggle with the same struggle that you're not supposed to struggle with, but you keep struggling with it because you're not the real you. You're trying to present a character to God and say, God, bless this. And God is like, that is a Barbie doll. That is a Ken doll. That's not you. I need the real you so I can heal you, but I can't get to the real you because you are reprobate. And he says, and he says, watch me. God says, do whatever you want. That's a scary place to be. That's why the psalmist said, don't take your presence from me. Because if you leave me, see, see, check this out. 
He said, if you leave me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Watch me. It's dangerous when you can think that you can do it without him. I'm educated. I, I went to school. I got money. I, I grew up in a nice neighborhood. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. And God is like, you think that's really something? Nebuchadnezzar was, one of, was a great king at one point. He was a great king at one point, but he thought he could do it without God. See, at one point, he acknowledged the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He acknowledged their God, but then he began to get arrogant, and he was given over to a reprobate mind. And do you not know that at the end of Nebuchadnezzar's life, the Bible says he was walking around eating grass like a cow? He lost his mind. Why? Because he was a reprobate. Pay attention. Do not think that just because God didn't get you immediately that you ain't going to get God. I need you to thank God that he has not given you over to your own reprobate mind. I, well, Shandran Basha. The third hell, the third hell, regret. Matthew 25, 25. Um, this is the parable of the talents. Talents was a measure of money. And what's interesting about the parable of talents is the Bible says that uh, it's a parable, but Jesus tells us so well, but you think it really happened. A parable is simply a story that's designed to illustrate a spiritual principle, all right? It's like an analogy. So Matthew 25, 25, um, he gives one man five talents, one two, and one one. And the Bible says that he gives them these talents according to their ability. Pay attention. According to their ability to do what? To release. God trusts you with what he knows you will release. That's what the Bible says. He gives seed to the sower. All right, this is important because sometimes you look at other people and say, God, why do they have all of that? Well, they release more than you. And it's not because they release more than you. It's because they release more than you. Check out the difference. There's a distinction. See, it's not that they have more money and that's why, no, and God does more for them because they got more money. No, it's just that they consistently release when you inconsistent release. They, they, they do consistently what you do occasionally. But I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm a releaser. Come on. Uh-uh. Say that with some authority. Say, I'm a releaser. I was afraid, and I hid your talent, your money, in the ground. Here it is. You can have what's yours. So the guy with five, the Bible says he immediately goes out. He releases it, and, and he gains five. The guy, the guy with two, he goes out. He does the same. The guy with one, he was afraid. Why? Because he has a scarcity mentality. And his mind, look at what he says, I was afraid. Question, how are you scared, and your only assignment is to release seed? This tells me your background. This tells me that you're so used to struggling that you don't know what to do with success. And I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, that's not where you live. Come on, Come on type it on the chat with somebody say, that's not where we live. That's not. You don't live in scarcity. You live in abundance. He says, here, you can have what's yours. So check this out. When you refuse to release, you will live in regret. And this is bigger than just money. This is anything. This is the third hell. The third hell. You see how I got dark like that? Some of y'all guys got like, what is going on? Right? Because, because you'll live in regret. And the only thing that seems to have light on it is regret. See, everything else is dark. See how you can't really see me? Right? Right? Because everything else is dark. Because when you live in regret, the only thing you see is regret. Shoulda. 
woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. And look what the Bible says, verse 30. Cast this worthless servant. You know why you feel worthless? Is, is, watch me. It's because you don't release. You know why you struggle with self-esteem? It's because you don't release. Look at the Bible. Cast the worthless servant. See, if I'm releasing, because I am a sower, uh, and what have I taught you in this series? We are farmers that has everything we need in seed form, and everything is a seed. Say it with me. I'm a farmer that has everything I need and everything, or excuse me, in seed form, y'all got it, and everything is a seed. Let's get it right this time. I'm a farmer that has everything I need in seed form, and everything is a seed. In Genesis, he gave Adam seed. God never gives you the tree, he gives you the seed. And some of you all are mad, like, God, where's my tree? God is like, I gave you seed. Your seed is still in your hand. That's why you don't have your tree. Where's my future at, God? I gave you seed, but you didn't release it. And so that's why it is still not manifested for you. But can I tell you who you sit next to? You sit next to somebody that should have some overalls on with a straw cap. Because you sit next to a sower. You're streaming with a sower. You are live with a sower. Somebody open up your mouth and say, I'm a sower. But look what the Bible says. He says, this guy, he hid his seed. Look what he did. He hid it. Now just think about it. Just pay attention to this. You ready? This is, this is dirt. Seed goes into dirt. All right? W which means after you sow, don't be afraid if it gets dark. Because the dirt is what's going to make sure my seed produces what it's supposed to produce. All right? Now listen. You see how I release the seed? I right, check this out. To hide the seed, same effort. All right. You, you. Come on, turtles. I love you. You ready? See, it's in my hand. All right, you ready? To release it. But notice what the man said, but I hit it. It takes you just as much energy to be stingy and to live from scarcity as it does to live from a sower mentality. So this man, he lives in regret. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I wish I would have released. The Bible says, he says, throw this worthless servant into the outer darkness. Make the stage all black. All lights on. All lights on. This is where some of you were living. Just dark. And, where you, and darkness represents the absence of the knowledge of God. So you're like, God, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? And here's the problem. When you're in darkness, you'll go in circles and not know that you went in circles. Because you can't see where you're going. When you're in darkness, you'll hit stuff and you'll bump up against stuff and not know why you're always in pain. You're in pain because you keep running into stuff that you couldn't see because you were thrown into a place called regret. But tonight, I need everybody to open up your mouth tonight and open your mouth and say this. Say, I will not live in regret. Say, I will not live in shoulda, woulda, coulda. 
Because look, 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 look what this place of regret is. It's weeping and gnashing of your teeth. So think about it. Weeping. Oh, my God. You ever met somebody that's just overly emotional all the time? I mean, they're emotional about everything. All the time. Just emotional. Weeping. But just emotional. And notice gnashing of teeth. And you're mad. Pay attention. You cry and you're mad at the same time. And we don't know what to do with you because we're like, are you sad or are you are you about to pop off? We're not sure exactly which emotion are we dealing with. That's hell. It is hell on earth to live in regret. It is hell on earth to have a reprobate mind. All right? All right, all right. Say, I'm not going to any of the hells. Uh, I need you to say that like you really mean that thing because some of y'all, you just spent too much time in regret. Watch me. You spent too much time in regret and you spent too much time as in a reprobate state. But I need you to thank God. If you're listening to me tonight, that means God says, I want to snatch you out of both of them. Just for those of us that know we're coming out of both of those hells, I need you to just pop up like you're getting up out of it. Just if you want to stay there, sit down. But if you, I ain't living in regret. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I will not live in regret over what happened, over what I did. If I still got a pulse, God still has a plan. And you want to release a praise. Hallelujah. Grab a seat. So, 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 so in this, this regret, the parable is dealing with money with sowing, all right? You will always, watch me, you will always live in regret when you hold on to seed because then it becomes the harvest. I'm going to slow it down and say it again. You will always regret when you don't release seed because then it becomes the harvest. So you want all this here. You want this wonderful, beautiful, and this beautiful, this beautiful plant. I don't know what type of plant it is. What is it? Fig plant. Thank you. I was going to say eucalyptus, but uh, <laughs> that's not what it is. But thank you. I was just going to say it. Y'all going to be like, okay, all right. <laughs> all right, check this out. You want this. It looks great. Look at these leaves. I mean, this looks like, like if this was what they made greens out of, this would be some thick greens. Look at all these veins in these leaves. Put some jalapeno in there, a little pig, you know, little turkey leg. Glory to God. Matter of fact, listen, all right, check this out. You want this, but if you don't release this, you can't get that. P -p pay attention. So then this becomes your harvest. And so some of you are like, God, I thought I'd be further now. God, I thought, I thought I would be doing this now. I thought I'd be living here now. I thought I'd be doing that. And God is like, your seed became your harvest. What I gave you is all you still have. Because you wouldn't release. I just need to push your faith. We're about to move, but I just need to push your faith. Because over these next 12 months, watch me, because God has big harvest on his mind. God is going to push us to release way more over the next 12 than we've released in any previous years of our life. And I need you to be ready and open. And just for those of you that are ready to release, open up your mouth and say, I'm ready to release. I, 
Come on, say it again. I'm ready to release. There are some people that will say, God doesn't want his people to prosper. If you grew up in church and you ever heard, you know, that it wasn't good to do well, wave at me, wave at me. The other night on the live, several people, like, you know, hey, you can be spiritual, but that, you know, that, that money. And then they misquote the Bible. Money is the root of all of it. You are a whole lie. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I submit to you the lack of money is what makes some people evil. Song says for the love of money, they'll rob from their mama and them. I, so watch me. Isaiah 48, 17 says this. Thus says the Lord God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So pay attention. I taught you that word profit. It, it is, watch me, expenses are what go out, revenue what comes in, profits what's left over. God says, I want you to have more than what you put out. Which means you don't live on a street called paycheck to paycheck. You don't live on a street called struggle. You don't live on a street called I got to go to this job to get this money. No, the only thing you're doing, you make your living from your giving. The reason you go to work is because you work for purpose, not for money. I need you to elbow somebody and say, this is not about money. Say, because your giving is how you live in. And tell somebody how you live and say, I'm living large, baby. I'm living large. I hasn't seen him. Ear hasn't heard him. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. God says, I want to teach you how to have more than enough. I want to teach you how to profit. Now, this is important because some people, when you talk about this in church, they're like, I don't want to talk about this in church. Can I ask a question? Where are you supposed to talk about it then? Notice the Lord says, I'll teach you how to do it and lead you by the way you should go, which means the way you do it ain't going to be the way the world says to do it. So watch me. If as a pastor, I leave the world up to teach you how to prosper, then watch me. You're not going to do it God's way. You're going to do it the world's way. And you're going to think you got to do it like this. You're going to think you got to sleep with somebody. You're going to think you got to cheat. You're going to think you got to do this. You're going to think you got to do that. And God says, I got a whole nother way for you. They didn't understand how Abraham was doing so well, but I had a whole nother way. They didn't understand why Isaac was doing so well, but I had a whole nother way. They did not understand why Jesus was doing so well, but he had a whole nother way. That's why you're about to supersede people who have more education than you. You're about to supersede people, watch me, who, who have got more experience than you. It didn't make any sense. Why, why would David become king? There were other more qualified men to be king. But God says, David is a man after my own heart, which means I can trust him with this. I need for those of you that can be trusted with more to lift your hands and say, Lord, I can be trusted with more. So watch this. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. It says this. It says this. It says this. And as he was setting out on his journey, I'm about to show you what some people say and believe, and I have to kill this tonight. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Skip down to verse 21. And Jesus, looking at him, he loved him. In between these verses, uh, he tells him uh, what he should do, and he, and he says, I've kept all those commandments from my youth. And look at what the Bible says. And looking at him, Jesus loved him. Somebody say, he loves me. He and he said to him, you lack how many things? One thing. How many things? One thing. Can I just get you to put a one? One. Online, I just need you to type one. He says, you lack one thing. Pay attention very carefully. Go. Listen. 
sell all that you have. Because I want to see whether or not you have stuff or stuff has you. If you're scared to release it, then I know it's got you. If you're scared to release your money, then I know you money runs you. If you're scared to release your clothes, I know that clothes have you. If you're scared to release being kind, I know that a bad attitude got you. He says, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. Pay very close attention to the verse because it did not say give all that you profited from your sale to the poor. It says sell all you have and give to the poor, which means, watch me, I wasn't saying you had to give up everything. I just wanted to make sure what you had didn't have you. I need to know that there's some people in this building and online that can say, sure, I have some stuff, but don't get it twisted. This stuff does not have me. You got a nice purse, baby, but I need you to let the Lord know that purse ain't got you. You got a nice house, but let the Lord know this house ain't got me. You got a nice automobile, but this car doesn't have me. I've got stuff, but stuff does not have me. So look. He says, and he didn't, say, he didn't say give it all to the poor. Look at the verse. Sell all that you have. Now, here's the deal, which means you're about to make some money, which means you're about to profit. What am I trying to get in your hands? Seed. Because you have stuff, but watch me. I want to make you better, so I want to give you seed. So I need you to convert your stuff into seed so that you can sow it. This is why I'd never say, I don't have anything to sow. Because mm -mm, he'll make you take your stuff and convert it into seed. <laughs> I told all the story about how one time I was sitting in church, and I didn't have anything. Uh, I didn't have a checkbook or wallet or anything like that. And it was time to give. And I just got a brand new gold ring that day. It was a beautiful gold ring that day. It was an amazing gold ring that day. And when the basket passed, I said, well, look, I know what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going to make a deal with God. I said, Lord, well, if the basket passes twice, I'll give it. it had, the basket had never, ever passed twice in that church ever. That day, that day, that day. That day. See, be careful when you make a vow to the Lord because he's going to call your bluff. He's going to be like, well, then let's go. You told me I had all of you, so now I want all of you. Come on. You said you do what I said do, so do it. You said you jump when I say jump, so why you ain't jumping? That day, that basket passed the second time, and I said, you got to be. And I began to pull the ring off my finger. Like, I just got this, God. He said, watch me. He said, drop the ring. I dropped the ring. And then I looked at the basket go down. And I was, can I be real honest with you? Okay, no, y'all feel a little judgmental. I was kind of hoping somebody from the office would have saw me give it and would have been like, we want to get this back to you. We're like, Lord, they sold it back to me. Why? Because he converted my stuff into seed. And can I tell you, watch me, there's not been a month that goes by since I sowed that seed as a teenager. Watch me, where God will not cause other people to sow into me. And, and watch me, and they don't send me trash. I, I can sense hate in the room. I, don't you judge somebody's harvest unless you saw their seed. Elbow somebody say, I got big harvest on the way. Because I got big seed in the ground. So, so look, so look. And look at this. He, 
he says, and then you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. So, so, so I want you to pay attention to how this guy responds. Verse 22, disheartened by the saying. So why did he get disheartened? Why did he get sad? Why are you mad? You know why? Because stuff had him. You know why? Because stuff had a chokehold of his life. Money made him. He didn't make money. And proof of that is that he wouldn't even sell the stuff that he could have went and bought. You holding on to stuff. Well, you watch me. Can I be honest? You need a new one anyhow. Let's talk. You need an upgrade anyhow. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful. Why? For he had great possessions. Stuff had him. I need you to catch this principle. And Jesus looked around, verse 23, and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Watch me. That's heaven's attributes in the earth. God's modus operandi. How he does what he does when he does what he does. Who God said you are, what God said you can have. He said, it's going to be difficult for people that stuff has them for God to have them. Because their stuff becomes their God. Question, 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 question. Does stuff have you? Do you think that you somebody because of what you drive? Do you think that you somebody because of where you live? You live in Denver, boo. Listen. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't. I don't care what they say on the report. Don't do it. Do you think that because what you wear that makes you? Do you think that because of how many people liked your picture on Instagram? That that makes you? He says it's going to be difficult for those. Watch me when he says doesn't have wealth. Because the stuff has them. So literally, 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 literally. Watch me. Their stuff. You can't even see them. Because they covered in their stuff. Which is why when you get to know them, you discover they're a horrible person. Because the only thing nice about them is their stuff. You ever met somebody that from a distance, you were like, they're amazing. And then when you got up and got to know them, you were like, oh my God, you are so consumed by your stuff. And for some of y'all, you ain't saying nothing. I hope you ain't him. Say, I have stuff, but stuff doesn't have me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I have stuff, but stuff does not have me. See, this is why, watch me. When, when stuff doesn't have you, you're never afraid to be back at one. Because you're like, look, I built this. I can build that. See, for some of y'all in this new spiritual year, 57828, new beginning, there's going to be some areas where it's going to feel like you starting at one. But I need you not to be ashamed, not to be afraid. Why? Because the same God that took care of you back then is the same God that's about to hook you up now. Somebody say, I'm not afraid to be back at one. Verse 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You like my camel? I like my camel. 
two humps. This two hump camel. He says it's easier for a camel. Look at what the Bible says. To go through the eye of a needle. Now look at the eye of the needle. Look at that. And I don't think they needles in Jesus' time was this big. I don't, I don't think they was using these big old needles. They look like acupuncture needles. I don't. You got me? Watch me. Then for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because the Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the spirit of the love of money. It's not money. God is like, I want to hook my people up. I want my people so blessed that people look at them and say, the Bible says that they will look at your fruit and they will rejoice at your father in heaven and say, look. Can I tell some of y'all where everybody always looking at you? It's because God's getting them ready to see what he's about to do through you. Somebody say, he's about to do something big through my life. That's why everybody always in your business because God says when I hook you up, I want everybody to know that it was God. Can I get you to worship God for five seconds for what he's about to do in the next 12 months? Five, four, three, two, one. Say, do it, God. So look, so, so, so some people will use this. I remember watching a particular news network one time and they were talking to someone and they were saying, well, you're telling us Christians are supposed to do well. What about, what about lowly Jesus? He rides into the city on a donkey. Okay, let me help you culturally. To us, a donkey's not much. But in the scriptures, a donkey was like a luxury automobile. That's why in 1 Samuel, when Saul's father, Kish, lost his donkeys, he sent his son to get his donkeys because he said, you better go bring my Bentley, my Maserati, my Escalade, and my... You better bring my stuff back. I, so, so this is important to understand. And, and I've seen people say, well, you know, that Jesus, he just was a, a, lowly, a lowly man. He, 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 he didn't have much. He, he, was just a, he was just a roaming preacher. See, I watch, what, I watch what crazy people say so that I know what some people think. So the other day when I was in the gym, I watched this documentary, and the way they talked about Jesus, I said, that's not in the Bible at all. They were like, Jesus, estranged, you know, I was like, what? He walked around with nothing. So why you got a treasurer? And then people will even try to say to you, Christianity is not all about you doing well. Where's the sacrifice? That's called release. Where, 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 where's the struggle? Uh, you can have that. Watch me, because even in my struggles, he's with me, which means he gives me the grace to go through it. See, you got to go through your struggle by yourself. But when you know the Lord, God will get in it with you and he'll make it happen for you. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, I'm walking through the fiery furnace, but God is with me. Elbow somebody say, God is with you. 
I don't even struggle like a regular square. Wait, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Even when I struggle, God is with me. Even when you're in your valley, God is with you. Even when you're dealing with discouragement, God is with you. We don't even go through trouble the same way regular people go through trouble. You ready? So look, so look, so look, so look. You should have money, but money shouldn't have you. You got that piece? So let me show you a side of Jesus you've never been introduced to. You've been introduced to Jesus, your Savior, to Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Even this is the title, King of Kings. I ain't seen a broke king. You seen one? Look, even if the nation going through something, they still got their gold jet with their gold robes. And, you know, you ready? Jesus wasn't poor. He wasn't walking around as a struggling preacher trying to get people to believe him. He wasn't walking around as some weirdo with smelly feet and stinking clothes. How you know his feet didn't smell? Because he let Mary put that perfume on his, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. And Judas was like, why she do all of that? She put all that perfume on his feet. Jesus was like, watch yourself. Just because you came into my meeting stinking don't mean I'm stinking. I ain't like you, Judas. Don't ever let somebody make you feel bad for doing good. I Matter of fact, let's practice how we are going to ignore every hater in the next 12 months. But Don't come over here with that. Don't you come over here with that negativity. Don't you come over here talking trash. Why? God has been good to me. And here's your problem. You're trying to figure out why I'm worthy. Guess what? I'm not. But because I'm a releaser. God, make sure that I do well. Elbow somebody next to you and say, release, so you can see increase. So, so let's go through this real quickly. We're almost done. Jesus, Jesus did well as a builder. Now, many people say he was a, he was a carpenter, and there's got these bumper stickers. He was a Jewish carpenter, all right? He was a Hebrew. There's a difference. Um, Jesus did well as a builder. The word that we sometimes interpret as, as carpenter is a Greek word, tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N, T-O-M, which means builder. Pay attention. Say he was a builder. Mm -mm, you'll catch it. You'll catch it. He, he was a builder. He was a builder. Why? Because he was about to build the church that was going to change the world. What if I told you everything you've ever been through, even the stuff that made no sense to you, God's not going to waste it. So you thought, I went to school and I didn't even use my degree. Guess what? There was something you needed out of that experience that God's about to use. I, I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm a builder too. He did well as a builder. He did so well as a builder that at age 30, he goes into full-time ministry with 12 full-time staffers. All 12 of those that came around Jesus had other jobs. Pay attention. Let me help somebody. God never picks 
people who aren't doing anything to do anything. I'll say it again for the people in the back. He never picked, some of y'all are like, Lord, I'm just open and available. I ain't doing nothing. Use me. He's like, that's why I ain't using you. It's a reason you ain't being used. I, I need you to get busy doing the work of the Lord. For some of y'all, when are you going to get busy doing the work of the Lord? Because God always picks people that are busy when he wants to get something done. He doesn't go to the county unemployment office. He doesn't go to the workforce center to find his team. He's a recruiter. Pay attention. He's a headhunter. Pay attention. He finds Peter, who's got a fishing business. And Peter's fishing business was so good, Peter had, the Bible says, partners. He says, come follow me. Watch me. He finds Matthew, who's a tax collector. And built into that business was a level of corruption because they would raise the tax, increase the tax, so that they take a cut out of it, which is why the Hebrews hated the tax collectors because they were corrupt. They would add stuff to it and say, if you don't pay me, we're going to say you didn't pay your taxes. And so the people had to pay. And literally, they were held hostage by that. He picks all of these people who are busy doing something and then makes them full-time staffers at age 30. Pay attention. You can't do that if you don't have any resources. I need you to hear me. So Jesus wasn't just a builder. Watch me. He was a businessman. Let's go. Somebody say he was a boss. See, whether or not you own your own business or not, I need you to know how to handle business. Because watch me, when opportunity opens up for you, you don't have time to get ready. You have to be ready. And I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody. You're chatting next to somebody where there's about to be opportunities that open up. And you don't have time to get your account open. It's going to have to. You don't have time to get your stuff together. You're going to have five minutes. They're going to say, we need the paperwork and we need it in five minutes. I need you to get it sent over right now. Open your mouth. Say, I'm handling my business. Look at this. Jesus had a house. <laughs> the scripture references are there. Jesus had a house. I've heard people say, well, Jesus, because they'll misquote the scripture. Because one time Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds have nests, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So people will misquote that and say, Jesus had nowhere to live. He was homeless. You a lie, and your mama is too. In that particular city, his team didn't go ahead to prepare somewhere for him. So when he says that, he's like, how is it? I got 12 of y'all, full-time staff, and ain't nobody got my hotel accommodations together. It was a rebuke to his staff, not saying he had nowhere to live. He had a house, John 1, 38 through 39. And the house was large enough that some of his early staff stayed with him for a little while. In fact, in that scripture, they say, Lord, they were following him. And, and watch me, because they were nosy. <laughs> Elbow somebody say, all eyes on you. See, people in your business, because your business, watch me, is exciting. Some of y'all need to stop taking it so personal and say, God, dog, I must be doing something. <clears throat> so they, they were following Jesus, and, and Jesus, he's like, literally, he says, look, what do you want? One translation says, what do you want? And they were like, uh, where do you live? <laughs> Jesus responds, say, come and see. The Bible says they go, in these verses, they go and they see where he lives. And the Bible says, and they stay with him for the remainder of the day. Which means he didn't have a, a, a shack. 
Because how you going to have several grown men at your house for the afternoon, for the, on through the evening, and it's a one room. Now, I need you to catch it. Watch me. I need you to catch it. Because if you don't know that your Savior handled business while he was on the earth, you'll think you're following somebody that doesn't have anything, didn't have anything, and now he's trying to tell you you can have something. So he wasn't poor. He had a business that did well. He had a house. Can I take you further? Look at John 12, 8. Here's what Jesus says. For the poor you will have with you always, but me you do not have always. Well, that's interesting because he didn't put himself in the category of the poor. I need you to pay attention to that. All right. He said, are y'all getting this? So, 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 so Jesus says, you're always going to have poor people with you. He says, but me, you're not going to have with you always. If he was part of the poor, he would have said, we're always going to be here. And hear me, I'm not knocking anybody that's going through a valley because I'm here to tell you coming out. Matter of fact, I rebuke every financial valley that anybody under the sound of my voice is. And I speak that your release is about to bring you increase. Lack is not your portion. Debt is not your portion. Struggle is not your portion. Paycheck to paycheck is not your portion. I declare that the windows of heaven are being opened for you now. I need you to... Re not your portion man it's not look, look at this look at this Matthew 27 35 John 19 23 says that Jesus clothes were so nice that they cast lots to see who would get them there were four garments and then he had this tunic and his tunic the Bible says it was sewn the entirety of the tunic was sewn and it was, it was one piece. It was one piece. All right, which meant, some would say expensive. It was nice. They said, don't rip that up. They said, let's cast lots to see who's going to get that. Question, do you do that for rags? You don't cast lots. These were Roman soldiers. So, listen, you don't cast lots for trash. What am I trying to teach you? Jesus presented himself well. And for some of you, watch me, I need you to present yourself for where you're headed, not where you've been. I need you to get some business suits. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right here. I, I need you to get you a suit and a tie, sir. Why? Because your days of working with your hands have been good, but you're about to work with your mind. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Ma'am, I need you to get you some pants suits. Why? Because I need you to have a power suit when you walk in the boardroom. I... I need you to present yourself the way you want to be received. Je Watch me. Jesus knew that when he was preaching, come on, here we go, we got to close it. Jesus knew that when he was preaching, people were going to be paying more attention to him than even what he was saying because people see you before they hear you. This is the reason why you got to pay attention to the way you look and the way you present yourself because while you think they should pay attention to what you say, they're paying attention to how you look. And you cannot get mad when people judge how you look and come to a conclusion about you because that's the way we are all trained to do. We see with our eyes and we conclude in our mind. So Jesus said, I got to make sure I present myself in such a way that when I tell them I am God in the flesh, they'll know. He must be, look at the way the man looks. He must be, look at the way the man presents himself. He must be somebody. And I came to tell some of y'all, watch me, you must be somebody. 
That's why people are drawn to you. That's why people come around you because you present yourself. And it's not just your clothes. Watch me. It's the spirit of God that's all in you and it's the spirit of God that's all on you. When they see you, they can't resist you. And it ain't you, but it's the God in you. Elbow somebody and say, it's the God in me. I need you to stop just coming out the house. I need you to take a few minutes and say, oh no, because I'm about to meet a seven-figure person that's about to... I'm about to meet somebody that's about to give me a check. And when they see me, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why this is important? Because watch me. Please lift your hands. Please lift your hands. It's been online. Please lift your hands. Here's what's happening. God is about to put you on somebody's mind. And they're going to see you the way that, watch me, that God wants you to present yourself. So it's important that when you leave that house, that you leave that house and present yourself well. Because when they see you present yourself well, God's going to bring that dream back to their remembrance. And they're going to say, wait a minute, I'm supposed to do something for you. I don't know you, but I'm supposed to do something for you. I'm supposed to hook you up. I'm supposed to pay for your business. I'm supposed to pay for your kids' education. I'm supposed to give you a raise. Watch me. I had a dream about you, and you had the same thing on. Say your first and your last name, and your name's being brought up in rooms with people that have the ability to favor you. Somebody say, this is where the favor resides. Let's move to this last part, last part, last part, last two parts. Can I get these last two? Can I get these last two? John 12, 6. Jesus' ministry did so well that Judas' full-time job was to manage the money. Here's what I need you to know. Judas didn't just manage Jesus' money. Pay close attention to me. When we study this, and I'm going to show you more about this on Sunday. When you study this, even though we're going to be in a new series, I'm going to connect it to. Watch me, because the next series is called Proverbs, Wisdom. Which means you're not just going to have wealth, you're also going to be wise. Come on, come on. Say, I'll have wealth and I'll be wise. Some of y'all ain't saying it. I need you to say that with a teaspoon of hood. Please say, I'll have wealth and I'll be wise. Judas didn't just manage Jesus' ministry money. He didn't just manage Jesus' money. Pay attention. He managed the twelves' money. Which means even the people Jesus picked had some money. What if I told you, if you don't shout off for of this, get the dough ready. What if I told you that the reason God has been canceling some friendships, canceling some relationships, is because God says, I don't need you around a broke circle no more. I don't need you around a struggling circle no more. I don't need you around a negative circle no more. I need you around some people that when you talk about business, they say, let's make it do what it do. When you talk about investing, they make it do what it do. Your circle's about to up. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Somebody say, my circle's upgrading. You're about to be surrounded with wealthy people, surrounded by wise people, surrounded with people that don't just take, but they're able to give. 
I need you to shout for your new circle. Go. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Harvest Channel. Your whole circle's about to. You're about to be sitting with seven-figure earners. You're about to be sitting with chief executive officers. You're about to be. Woo! Somebody say, my circle's upgrading. This is why he's canceled some of them. Because he's like, uh-uh. Judas didn't just manage Jesus' ministry money. He didn't just manage Jesus' money. I'll show you this on Sunday. He, he managed, and you can look at those scriptures, the scripture references there. He managed the disciples' money. Which meant they had so much money, and they did so well, that they had to pay somebody to manage their money. What if I told you, don't say nothing if you can't receive this by faith. But what if I told you in your next 12, you weren't going to be able to manage all of it. You were going to need to bring in a third party to help you manage. You're going to need an investment strategist. You're going to need a financial advisor. Why? Because you've been making money, but now your money's about to make you some money. I prophesy debt freedom into your house, into your life. Why? Because you know how to release. You know how to release. You know how to do it. You know how to. You know how to. And I couldn't speak it unless the oil was already on me. Open up your mouth and say the oil's already on me. Jesus was poor and if the 12 were poor why do they need somebody that's looking after their money and here's what's happening even though the man was stealing Judas was stealing the Bible says they still did so well watch me that they weren't affected Uh uh-uh, uh, you're missing it. They still still did so well; they were unaffected. In the book of Acts, it talks about how the twelve, how they financed some of the, what needed to happen for the church. What if I told you you're about to finance kingdom? See, some of y'all, you like God. I just want to be a blessing. What if I told you in your next twelve, when I get up in front of you and say we're about to do this, Bishop, we ain't gonna hold no longer offer. Here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Here it go, here it go, here it go. Shout, I'm the number one giver, go. That was my prayer. So any man of God I've served, I always was number one as giver, period. Point blank bottom line. <laughs> Watch me. Point blank bottom line. I need you to shout it again like you mean to say, I'm the number one giver. Go! <laughs> so let me get this last piece. Well, Jesus was, Jesus was poor. And, and Jesus was struggling. 
He didn't have anything. He didn't have much. Why? They had to use a little lad's lunch to feed the people. Would you read your Bible, please? If you read the story, you'll discover they said, do you want us to go buy food? It's not that they didn't have money. You with me? I need you to see him from another light. Because, like, Jesus was a businessman. He's looking. Listen, he was a businessman. Not business. A businessman. He had no business. So that's why at age 30, he walks with a swag. And that's why they hated him, because they were like, he doing miracles, he preaching, and he don't depend on our money. I feel bad for the people who you used to have to lean on for money, because in your next 12, you ain't going to have to lean on. You're going to owe nobody anything except to love them. Matter of fact, you're going to be able to bless those that bless you when you were down. I need you to thank God that you're about to be the lender and not the power. You're about to be the head and not the tail. You're about to be above and not beneath. You're about to go from debt to debt free. Shout, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Last one, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and we're out of here. Actually, we're going to pray and then we're out. That though he was, if you listen, the rest of these scriptures have been contextual. We use deductive logic. We have to look at it. This one's pretty clear. Elbow and wink. If you can do both of them, you gift it. Some of y'all, you're like, let me elbow you first, then let me wink. I can't do both of them. Online, you just type it. Watch me type wink. (laughs) Elbow. You ready? This is pretty direct. Can I get you to read the screen? I'm going to count one, two, three, and then you're going to read. And then when you catch it, respond. One, two, ready, read. Some of y'all sitting there looking like, where that? Baby, it's already there. You missed it. He wasn't walking around struggling. Broke down, talking about believe in me, believe in me. Come on, get my mixtape. <laughs> I got these CDs in the trunk. <laughs> I got these real plates. Y'all want one? Sell them at the barbershop. $10, $10. You get, get a meat, two sides, and a drink. You get a red or orange. And I'm not knocking that. Let me be clear. I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that. You ready? That though he was rich, yet, say your name, for your sake. Look at the scripture. He became poor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did he become poor, Bishop? Wait a minute. When did he become poor? On the cross. What do you mean? See, see, watch me, watch me. That through his poverty, you might become rich. Pay attention. There's a dual meaning there for both rich and poverty. Pay attention. So let's just think about this naturally. He is on the cross. They have seized his business. They have seized his home. Because he's a prisoner of the state. He's on federal charges. Y'all not listening to me. 
The empire has charged him. It wasn't a religious death because they would have stoned him. It was a federal death. It was a federal charge because they crucified him, which was a Roman thing. The Hebrews would have stoned him. The Romans crucified. That's why we understand he was brought up on charges. They seized his business. They seized his home. Judas got the money. His entire staff has walked away except John. Pay attention, you ready? All of his followers have scattered. So on the cross, not only does he take on your sin, but for the first time in his life, he's broke. Why y'all not saying nothing to me? For the first time in his life, he does not have access to what he's always had access to. Because even as a two-year-old child, what gifts did they bring him? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought him gifts like that when he was a child. He is used to doing well. He's not used to struggling. They didn't bring him no rattlers. Pacifiers. They bought him gold. Grown, 50, 60, 70-year-old man got on their knees to a two-year-old boy. Because by the time the wise man got to him, the Bible says he was a child, not an infant. So the whole nativity scene, for those of you who put it out, it's cute, but it ain't Bible. By the time they get to him, they come and they kneel before a child. And watch me, Joseph apparently did well enough that Mary didn't work. Mary could take trips for six months to go see her cousin. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Can you please read your Bible like it's the truth? What if I told some of my married couples in a little while one of y'all ain't gonna have to work? I what if I told some of my single people in a little while your investments are going to make you money? You're not going to have to work if you don't want to. If you don't open your mouth and give God glory. You ready? See, I'm introducing you to a side you never saw. So for the first time in his life on the cross, we're done. For the first time in his life on the cross, he's like, dude. You ever talk to somebody and they'd be like, they ain't got no money. For the first time in Jesus' life, Jesus is like. I let them seize my businesses. I let them seize my accounts. I let, them, uh, I let them do all of that, Jesus says. And for the first time in my life, watch me, I don't even have my nice clothes on. I've got on grave clothes. I got on hand-me-downs. And I'm used to having stuff so nice that it's woven. Watch me. So for the first seamless Jesus, for the first time in his life, not only does he have to take on sin, which he's never done, 
He takes on your sin, my sin, the sin you're going to do tomorrow, the sin you're thinking about maybe doing next month, the sin you did last week, the sin you did 14 years ago, the sin you did last night, the sin you did before you got to church. He took all of that on. Come on, because we're about to shout. And for the first time in his natural life, he has nothing. You ain't seen him like that before. Wave at me. If you, you, you ain't seen him like that before. You've not seen this through the lenses of his humanity before. You only see it through he's separated from himself and he's taking on the sins of the world. And that's true. But he also, in this moment, says, I, I, it's like Nino Brown moment. I got a million dollar week operation. And, and, and I didn't let this fool Judas do this. <laughs> what I have? Nothing. He walking into the meeting with a Rottweiler. Just. What happened, G-Money? <laughs> Keisha, what happened? Keisha, what happened? What, what happened? What happened? Dollar Man, what happened? What happened? Jesus is on that cross. Put the scripture up. He's on that cross. Watch me. And for the first time in his natural life, he experiences poverty. Here's why. He said, if I take it, then they don't have to. Let me tell you why I have you say what I have you to say. It's because if he took it, it has no right to be in your life. Poverty has no right to be in your life. Lack has no right to be in your life. Let's go further. Sickness has no right to be in your life. Bad relationships have no right to be in your life. He said, but for your sake. Somebody say your first or last name. Say, but for my sakes. Say, for my sake. Say your first and your last name. He became poor. Spiritually and naturally. So that through his poverty, I might become rich. Nothing missing. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. Oh, 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 is well. You want to clap your hands and give him glory all in this building. Everybody standing. Everybody on your feet in the building and online. If you're at home, can you stand? <laughs> he says, I took this on so that you would be the last one in your bloodline to ever be concerned about money. You're not going to need nobody to hook you up. Open your mouth, make these confessions. Say, I attract wealth because I release. I attract favor because I release. I attract blessing because I release. He, he said, he's, let's just look at the screen. That you, say your first and last name, through his poverty, 
He's like, why are you living in a way that I paid for you not to live that way? The, notice the key word, key phrase here, might become. You, you, you know what determines whether or not you do or not? What you do with this. What you do with your seed. I am a living witness that when you release, he'll make you prosper in a place you shouldn't, according to the statistics. He will cause you to do well in a place. He'll lead in your direction. I just need you to lean over on somebody and say, he's leaning in your direction. Favors leaning in your direction. Debt cancellations leaning in your direction. I need you to get excited, baby, because it's finally getting ready to happen for you and you and you and you. Somebody say, he's leaning in my direction. I said he's, come on, where he's leaning, y'all. Come on, open your mouth and say, come on and say, say. Uh-huh, where's he leaning? Where, where, where? That's the whole line. Come on, everybody say it. Everybody say it. Come on, he's. Come on, where he leaning at? Where he leaning? Prophesy to somebody, say, tell him, say, he's leaning. Come on. In your direction, say. Ah, uh, find you somebody else. Tell him, tell him, tell him. He's leaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In. Why, why, why? This is for grace. Favor. Come on, we ain't singing in a while, but sing it. To real. Where he doing it? Uh-huh. What is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? Some of y'all ain't moving. I need you to move your body. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's leaning. He's leaning. He's leaning. He's leaning. Just the voices, just the voices, go. You better open your mouth, girl. Say it. You gonna see it by this time tomorrow. Say it, say it, say it. 
Where he leaning at? Where he leaning at? Where he leaning at? Say, where he leaning at? Where he leaning at? Where he leaning at? In my direction. Why? Why? For grace. And it's all over you. Why? If you're in this building or you're online tonight, you've never given your life to the Lord, this is your moment. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him, come back to the Lord. Thirdly, you're like, Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand tonight, but I want to be sure. With your eyes closed, heads bowed in this building, online, on three, I want you to just do the hand wave emoji, say it's me in the building. Just slip your hand up. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure. One, God's coming to get you tonight. No judgment, no condemnation, no same. One, two, three, if that's you, slip your hand up in this building. God bless you online. Do that hand wave emoji and say it's me. Hallelujah. Everybody, pray this with me real quick. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief and because of this confession, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Because of this, I'm saved. If I was far from you, reconnected. If I wasn't sure, I know. And if I didn't know, now I know. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your phone out. Text that word on the screen. Text decision to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time? Or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746. And we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday ah feel the whoa with listerine at bj's you can save two dollars and fifty cents now on listerine products like total care anti-cavity fluoride fresh mint mouthwash or cool mint pocket packs fresh breath strips at your nearest bj's location experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with listerine discount available through december 24th save now only at bj's